Hey, top of the morning to you. Top of the day to you. Here we are. Thursday, June 30th. This month is flying by. Or this year, I should say. The month flew by. Seems like yesterday. It was uh, June 1st. And it's just going to go faster and faster and faster. Just the way it goes, right? <laughs> Uh, just, well, you know, summer just started here, what, nine days ago, but usually by the time you get to 4th of July, it feels like we're halfway through summer. You know, it's downhill from there. We had the longest day of the year, the 21st, and now we are working to the shortest day of the year. That'll be sometime in uh, December when winter begins. Anyway, it's Thursday, June 30th. My name is Mike. I'm your host. This is the FBTV podcast. I'm your host. We, we usually get together on Wednesday. Yesterday, we were... Uh, delayed, unable to get the podcast up, but it's Thursday, and here we are. Uh, don't forget, coming up Saturday, 9 a.m., you can watch the FBTV video podcast on YouTube. Occasionally, we'll do a live stream, but now that it's boat weather, fishing weather, yeah, we're kind of out on the boat on Saturday. So, 9 a.m., the uh, the new video will drop. It's Q&A day, and you can also... Uh, catch it on your favorite podcasting app because it will drop at 9 a.m. as well, 9 a.m. Central Time on Saturday. If you have questions for the Q&A on Saturday morning, send them to me at fbtv at freightbrokertv.com. You'll find forms on our website at freightbrokertv. And you may Skype your questions to us. Just uh, do a search on your Skype app for FBTV, Freight Broker TV, and... Uh, you should find us no problem. Just send them to us. Yeah, you know, on that Skype, you can also you can also do a phone, you know, call us uh, through your app. We're not going to answer, obviously, but you can leave a voicemail. Okay, and, and uh, don't be surprised if you leave a voicemail with your question that uh, you won't hear yourself Saturday morning. All right, that's, that, that's that. Okay, today is camera day. Not talking about the phones, I'm talking about the real deal. I remember when telephones were just a telephone, a communication device. And uh, back around the same time the cell phones were starting to uh, really get into the uh, camera mode, is about the time I started really getting involved with photography and videography and things like that. Spent thousands of dollars on DSLs, and now here we are at mirrorless. Matter of fact, the cameras uh, we are using now are digitals. So, anyway. Going to have a topic today. Topic today will be the biggest mistakes a new freight broker can make. We're going to try to fit all this in on one podcast. It may end up being two parts, but uh, we'll see. Fuel prices, according to AAA, diesel's up, uh, well, diesel is at $5.77 a gallon on average. Gasoline, four eighty-five dollars a gallon on average. How does that compare? Now, I'll tell you right now, we are not able to pull prices off the uh, Energy, uh, Energy Information Administration website. The EIA website. We'll get to that in a minute. We're having to use uh, AAA. 
Let me pull that up. Where is it? Come on now. There we are. Now, AAA, this is where we're getting 572 or 577.2 for diesel is the current average. 45 a gallon for regular, and they even got a 85 up here. I don't know who uses it. It just, it's not doing you any good. 410, la-di-da. You know, you put that stuff in your lawnmower, forget it. Put it in your automobile, no matter what it is, boat or whatever. I wouldn't burn that stuff at all. Simply because uh, you're not going to get fuel mileage. I don't know. Uh, Band-Aids. That's all they're trying to do is put Band-Aids on stuff. But anyway, let's see. A year ago, for regular, uh, we were at $3.11 a gallon. Well, three twelve, three eleven eight for gasoline. Premium gasoline, what was that? 373. Diesel, however, we were at 324 per gallon, and today we are at 577, so $2.50 more a gallon, basically. Now let's get back to the uh, EIA. We've talked about this a couple of times here in the past couple of weeks. The Energy Information Administration, you can find their website, eia.gov forward slash petroleum forward slash gas diesel. And that is normally what transportation companies use to be able to determine fuel surcharges. But on June 13th, EIA started conducting the on-highway diesel fuel price survey using a new statistical methodology. Why? Why? What was wrong with the old one? And so since then, uh, the last update we had for diesel fuel prices was June 13th, what, uh, 17 days ago, over two weeks ago. Since then, everything is N.A., change from a week ago, N.A., current average per gallon, N.A. There, there, there is no reference. They, it's, it's, they're not doing anything. Now... They have a notice on here. It says, On Highway Diesel Fuel Price Survey Methodology Changes on June 13th, 2022. But at the top of the page, it says, We continue to restore our systems. We have published our weekly petroleum status report <clears throat> and will publish U.S. average retail gasoline prices at 5 p.m. Eastern Time today. That would be 4 p.m. Central. We'll see. It says we will continue to post regular updates regarding re regarding status of other data products, which would be diesel, <clears throat> which the transportation industry dearly needs. Now, if you're not familiar with all this, that's pretty much how a transportation company, <clears throat> a trucking company, determines a fuel surcharge. Now, brokers will not worry too much about fuel surcharge. Because the customer is giving us their rate. They're telling us what they're paying. We don't go in and sit down with every customer and determine a fuel surcharge. We're not doing that. They tell us what they're paying. And we use that number and go out and try to find a truck to move that load. There are occasions that we will negotiate, but more times than not, they're telling us. We're not telling them. They're giving us the numbers to work with. There are times we can negotiate uh, 
but more times than not, that's when it's hard to find a truck or they got a new lane or something like that coming up. But trucking companies, they go in and, and, and when they contract to a customer, contract to move their freight, usually those contracts are for 12 months. And they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to negotiate the line haul, the, the, the base charge for moving the load from point A to point B. Any additional accessorial pay, detention time, tarp pay, uh, whatever it might be, truck order not used pay, things of that nature. And lo and behold, they will agree on the fuel surcharge. The fuel surcharge goes up or down depending on the price of a gallon of fuel for that week. So that means every Tuesday, generally, the fuel surcharge will change depending on what the price of fuel did that previous Monday or yesterday. If it's Tuesday, it's going to be Monday. They have a chart, and if fuel for prices fall between this number and that number, the fuel surcharge is going to be this percentage of the line haul, and so on and so forth. And we're so high up right now that a lot of these trucking companies and customers are having to redo their fuel surcharge. You know, that's all there is to it. Now, when the U.S. government, the EIA, all of a sudden on June 13th, when the fuel prices just keep going up and up and up, we're at record highs, trucking companies are struggling to calculate rates or get rates that are commensurate with what the economy is doing. All of a sudden, they decide to change their methodology for calculating these average rates per, you know, or gallon, you know, fuel price rates per gallon. That doesn't make a lot of sense. It's like they're crippling the industry. Now, trucking companies are doing what they got to do to uh, get around this. Uh, they might be doing what we're doing. We're using AAA now. The problem is, is that since the EIA data has been the standard, a lot of these contracts between trucking companies and their customers, it's in their contract that they're using the average price per gallon for the U.S. according to the weekly EIA average. But if there is no EIA average, what happens? But we'll see. This has been going on for over two weeks now. They will not update. And to me, it's kind of weird. Uh, not to be conspiracy theorist or anything like that, but it is kind of uh, flaky, fishy. You know what I mean? If it smells like a fish, it might be a fish. <laughs> anyway, that's that. All right, uh, Saturday. Was it Saturday? Yeah. I don't think we answered the impossible question. I do that from time to time. Today's impossible or Saturday's impossible question. Pharmacists say this is the number one question they are asked. And uh, I, I forgot to give the answer before we signed off. But uh, the answer was, can I drink alcohol with this medication? <laughs> Especially with the economy the way it is right now, right? Okay, today's impossible question. If you want to play along at home, all you got to do is answer the question, and hopefully by the end of the uh, podcast today, I'll give you the answer. 
You're more likely to be friends with someone if you have this in common. What is it? What is this that you have in common? You're more likely to be friends with somebody if you have this in common. And again, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully I'll remember to uh, give you the answer. All right, C.H. Robinson back in the news. We talked about them a couple of weeks ago. U.S. Supreme Court has declined to review the federal appellate court decision involving a personal injury suit alleging that freight broker C.H. Robinson was negligent in connection with a serious injury from an accident back in 2016 involving a carrier it contracted to move a load. Matter of fact, uh, be watching YouTube. We're going to post a video discussing this here in the near future. This and the CSA and things of that nature. Arguments over federal preemption stem from a lawsuit filed in June 17 by a gentleman named Alan Miller. A truck hired by C.H. Robinson to haul freight for Costco struck Miller, causing him to become a quadriplegic. Miller's complaint named the broker as a defendant, claiming it breached its duty to select a competent contractor to transport. Miller argued that C.H. Robinson should have known the carrier's incompetence because of several red flags, and we talked about these the other day. Several of, the, uh, some of those flags included numerous citations for hours of service violations. Now, keep in mind, back in uh, 2017 or 20, when did, yeah, 2016, I still had the paper logbooks. Okay, so a number of hours of service violations, falsified logbooks, that's a biggie. Also, the carrier's uh, percentage of out-of-service violations was twice the national average. National average right now for out-of-service violations uh, is standing about, what, 21% on average? That means it was at 40%, nearly half, if we're going by to what today was, or going by today's uh, averages. That's huge. The Supreme Court's refusal to hear the case leaves the uh, U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals opinion intact. Essentially, that decision allows negligence claims against C.H. Robinson to proceed. Now, here's what our video is going to be about, that we're going to discuss this in more detail. If those claims succeed, brokers will be considered liable for motor carriers they subcontract for their clients, regardless if they if they are a legally licensed carrier or not this is a big deal it's been a big deal since 2010 because uh, it, we have always recommended our clients that you tweet, treat the CSA as a liability issue and apparently that that's going to be the case and now it's been in court but I remember back in 2010 when the CSA came into play everyone was up in arms about uh, how that was going to affect freight brokerage. And a number of things were discussed. But anyway, we'll talk more about that in the uh, video. Be looking for that on YouTube. I'll have, uh, we'll be talking about the CSA, C.H. Robinson case, how it's going to affect you as a broker. Th this is so important. Yeah, it's going to require its own video. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to see a ton of videos pop up from some of these YouTubers that might stray from reality. 
<laughs> and, uh, you know, I was looking over the YouTube videos this morning when it came to freight brokering. I saw so much stuff that was so out there. It's like they, 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 they sit and they think about the weirdest thing that's not even close to being accurate and make a video about it. Anyway, just to get views. All right. Now, the topic for today. The biggest mistakes a new freight broker can make. We're going to talk about a couple of those. Now, this is from our experience as a broker and working with brokers, uh, clients that uh, we have, that I've had over the years with Tautoa. Matter of fact, I'm the lead consultant with Tautoa. If you'd like to know more about Tautoa, we're a transportation and logistics training and consulting firm. Uh, we specialize in working with freight brokers, freight broker agents, helping people get started in the industry. Uh, we provide placement into our mentorship program where they can begin their broker operation as an agent through us so we can monitor their progress and what they're doing. Uh, they get consulting with that as well. So we are overseeing what they are doing, making sure they're crossing the T's, dotting the I's, uh, here to answer questions, make recommendations, whatever they may need. But you can learn more about Tautoa by going to our website at tautoa.com, T-A-L-T-O-A.com. We have several different packages uh, to choose from. Everything from uh, packages for a freight brokerage that includes uh, the mentorship program, 12 months of our standard 12-month consulting for a freight brokerage and website, web design, web package, turnkey, all the way down to a basic package, you know, that just includes the training and uh, the ability to begin your broker operation as an agent, followed by consulting period. But you can check that out on the uh, website, tattoo.com. <clears throat> but we tell all of our clients that when you first begin your broker operation, and especially if you're going into the mentorship program, but if you're a new freight brokerage, freight broker, freight broker agent, it doesn't matter. Your focus has to be building the customer base. Now, one customer does not make a freight brokerage. How many, how many customers do you need? It depends on your volume of freight, but you can't ever have too many. I've had clients ask me, what happens when I get too many customers? That's not a problem. <laughs> you get too many customers, hire someone to help you. You'll be at a, a good point to be able to do that. Now, the more customers you obtain, the more loads you have available to you. Now, this is critical during the startup period. The startup period is from day one of the operation until your whole day is consumed with moving loads, working with your customers. But in the beginning, you have no customers, so you have no loads. You've got to get customers to have loads. Now, we always recommend our clients, when you're making a sales call to a potential customer, after lunch, their time. Now, if you're not familiar with time zones and the different time zones across the country, well, do a search on Google. There's plenty of maps available. All right. Time zone maps, print it out. East Coast, uh, then you got Central Time, you got Mountain Time, Pacific Time. So, like right now, uh, I'm in Central Time. If it was, if it was 9 o'clock Central Time, 
uh, a.m. It would be 10 o'clock on the East Coast. In Denver, uh, it, it would be 8 o'clock. And in California, it would be 7 a.m. You know, you got you got to learn your time zones. That's critical. And always remember, I had a dispatcher tell me this a long time ago, do as the Romans do. So if you're working with a customer and they're in Denver, they're an hour behind you, or whatever the case may be, you're working on their time, not your time. Okay. Now, you've got to build a customer base. That customer base, as you start building a customer base, they will start making their loads available to you on a daily basis. And hopefully they'll make a lot of loads available to you. And this is part of that process of working your way out of that startup period. It doesn't happen overnight. That's why you don't start brokering today and start making money next week. It's going to take weeks, maybe months, before you start really producing that type of income you, you want to be making as a freight broker or freight broker agent as far as that goes. Some customers, uh, you're going to find they may have a load or two a week. Other customers may have a load or two a day. Some customers may have hundreds of loads a week. Until you're in the door working with that customer, you'll never, ever know their true freight volume. Now, the mistake. You're a new broker. You're out there making your sales calls. You're calling potential customers. Uh, you're giving them your spill. And lo and behold, you get a customer. They say, yeah, yeah, we'll use you. And they say, matter of fact, here, here's a couple of loads. Here's a couple of loads you can help me, help me with. The new freight broker gets so excited. Hey, this is what they've been working for. This is what they've been trying to obtain. A customer with loads. Now they have the opportunity to go out here and attempt to broker these loads to make money. So maybe they just started prospecting that afternoon, making their sales calls, you know, maybe 15 minutes into it, maybe it's 1, 1 o'clock, something like that, they get a customer. They offer them a couple of loads. Next thing you know, they're off and running. They they hang up the phone, they quit prospecting, they they post the loads on the load board, and the next thing you know, they're, they're full tilt, diving into trying to find trucks to move these loads. Four or five o'clock comes along and they're totally discouraged. Not able to find a truck. They made hundreds of phone calls to find the trucks to move those loads. Nothing. Nothing. What that broker should have done is posted the loads, get right back on the phone, making their sales calls. Because it's a learning process. <clears throat> now, you got to back up a little bit. That new customer that uh, just agreed to work with you as one of their brokers, you have to understand they are working. They are working with a number of different brokers and trucking companies. Maybe you called them at 1 o'clock or 12.30 or whatever, whatever time it was. Well, they've made those loads available all day for the most part. They probably start at 7 o'clock that morning making those loads available to their current stable of brokers and trucking companies. Here we are by 1 or 2 o'clock and they still don't have a truck. That means the brokers that they work with on a regular basis were not able to get trucks for those loads. These are pretty much, more times than not, going to be the leftover. See what I mean?
the leftovers. So if the brokers that have experience and the trucking companies that are out there, if nobody wanted to work that load or take that load, or the brokers they work with were not able to find trucks to move said loads, more than likely you're not either. But you've got a customer. The thing is, and this is one thing we drive home with our clients, is you cannot afford to waste time. Time is a commodity you cannot get back. you got to work smart. You've got to take full advantage of the time, and during the startup period, your focus has to be on building a customer base. Because what you want to do is obtain a quantity of customers so you have a quantity of loads so you can start learning from those loads. Which loads are you posting there that, that trucking companies are calling you about? Generally, there's three things that a trucking company is looking at to make a decision if they want to haul that load or not. Destination, the weight, and the rate. If you get in the ballpark on all three of those all three of those elements there, you'll get a truck for the load. But until you know which loads to focus on to where you can obtain a truck to move that load. You've got to be on the phone obtaining customers and keep adding to that. You know, I've said this before and I've been questioned about it, and that's fine. It doesn't matter to me. When I was brokering full-time, I was posting four to 600 loads on average a day. That does not mean I was moving that many. It means that I had enough customers that were making four to 600 loads available to me on a regular basis. People say, how did you post that many loads every day? It's yeah, the rollover. Rollover function, we'll talk about that another day if you don't know what that is. Basically, in a nutshell, it allows you to click a button on the load board and will automatically uh, change the date to whatever date you want it to be. So you don't have to post them every day. Just at the end of the day, click the button, roll it over, and it's there tomorrow. All you got to do tomorrow is come in and refresh. That's another thing we could be talking about later on. All right. We've already gone about 10 minutes into this uh biggest mistakes a new freight broker can make. So we'll call this part one. Part two be coming up uh, here in the next few days. All right. Spot rates. Let's talk about spot rates for a moment. And uh, surprisingly, well, not really. We're getting into that season again. Van rates, uh, uh, spot rates for van rates are down 0.3%. Flatbeds, uh, same, down 0.3%. But refrigerated freight is up 1.7%. These are spot rates, market rates. As compared to last month, van rates are down 3 cents a mile, down to 268. No change on flatbed, holding steady at 345. And even though refrigerated rates are up 1.7% uh, for spot rates uh, this week, they're still down almost a nickel from uh, last month. 303 on average per mile. Now, some of you, if you're new, you're not familiar with the uh, spot rate. Spot rate is an average rate per mile that a broker is paying a truck to move a load from point A to point B. That's what a broker is paying the truck. All right. Hey, you got a birthday today. Happy birthday to you. You're in pretty good company. Uh, Lena Horn, uh, magician Harry Blackstone Jr., born on the state. Mike Tyson's having a birthday today. Michael Phelps, he's uh, turning the big 3-7 today. Been 10 years. Yeah, uh, 10 years since his last Olympics and 14 years since he won the Olympic uh, eight, eight gold medals in the Olympics. Today in history, back in 1834, the Indian Territory is created by Congress. 
that's nice. They created territory that already belonged to them. Anyway, <laughs> 1930, the first round-the-world radio broadcast is heard from Schenectady, New York. Gone with the Wind is published on this date back in 1936, and in on the same day, 1936, Congress approved a 40-hour work week. So if you're wondering how that got started, Congress approved it back in uh, 1936. Now here's here's something. If you've been wondering what town in America is the number one destination for a bus, Branson, Missouri would be it. All right, what else we got here? Anything else we need to uh, discuss? Ah, here's a, here's a nice story. Kind of sad for the trucking company because I don't know why, but anyway, hundreds of pounds of undeliverable Italian sausage has been donated to the Salvation Army, Army by a driver using his head. Wednesday, the Cedar Rapids Fire Department helped a driver donate hundreds of pounds of sausage to the local Salvation Army. According to uh, CRFD, Cedar Rapids Fire Department, Wednesday morning, Captain Terry McAtee received a call about a truck driver who had about 500 pounds of Italian sausage that could not be delivered to a customer. The semi was being uh, reconfigured and the refrigerating unit needed to be turned off. The fire department and the driver made a hasty uh, decision, donate to the uh, Salvation Army. The kitchen manager at the Salvation Army, Misty Newman, she was excited to see the extra supplies, already thinking of recipes that called for lots of sausage. <laughs> Down in Louisiana, new uh, Louisiana law to collect electric hybrid vehicle fees. Uh, it's intended to address supplementing transportation funding via owners of electric vehicles, hybrid vehicles, and other alternative fuel vehicles. Governor Edwards signed into law a bill that imposes annual road use fees for electric and hybrid vehicles. Specifically, fees will be $110 for electric vehicles and $60 for hybrids. Fees take effect January 1st. Story went on to say, yeah, that, you know, they figured out the averages. Well, somebody's paying fuel taxes now at the pump. And that's how they came up with 110 and I don't know who did the math, but that, anyway, sounds kind of low to me. All right, uh, what's coming up? A couple of weeks from now, Walcott Truckers Jamboree going to be in Walcott, Iowa. This is a big one coming up July 14th through 16th. If you're a driver, you're going to be in that area. Yeah, stop in. You'll be glad you did. It's one of the, it's uh, one of the if not the largest truck stop in the country. I'm sure there's some bigger by now, but. It's, uh, it's a fascinating place. They've got a museum in there, all kinds of things. So, uh, pretty good restaurant, too. And, man, if you like Chrome, they got the Chrome shop. All right, that's going to wrap it for uh, today's Freight Broker TV podcast. And if you'd like to watch the video of the topic we covered today, oh, I almost messed up, didn't I? You, you almost let me get out of here without uh, giving you the answer to the impossible question. But what I was going to say, if you want to watch the topic, uh, you can do that on YouTube. Find our YouTube channel, 
uh, Freight Broker TV. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, the uh, podcast as well, if you will. Give us a thumbs up, all that stuff. Ring the bell on YouTube. Helps the channel grow. But anyway, today's impossible question. You're more likely to be friends with someone if you have this in common. What is it? What is this? Similar body odor. I don't know. <laughs> if, you, if you smell the same, you're more likely to be friends. I don't know. That sounds like a crock to me, but who am I? All right, go have a good Thursday. Unless, of course, you've made other plans. Don't forget Saturday morning, 9 a.m. FBTV video podcast, Q&A. Get your questions into us. FBTV at FreightBrokerTV.com. Forums on our website. Even Skype us. All right, go have a good Thursday. Unless you've made other plans. We'll see you later. Mm-hmm.